Hey everybody, it's Perry Lascaris here for episode number seven of the RPI Athletics Podcast. On today's show, it's an all-soccer uh, pod. First, we have RPI men's soccer coach, head coach uh, Adam Clinton, along with Trevor Bisson, uh, junior center back uh, on their uh, tremendous run to the NCAA Elite Eight this last season. And then we have uh, Breland Nasipani Cicero, head coach of the women's soccer team, with Alexis Castrolana Sr. and uh, sophomore Ali uh, Bisaccia. That's coming up in the second half. Hope you enjoy the show. For more than 35 years, CDPHP has been keeping you in the game by providing top-notch healthcare coverage, superior customer service, and the tools you need to live your healthiest life. They're also a proud sponsor of your RPI engineers, CDPHP, a plan for life. On the phone today, we have uh, RPI's 11th head men's soccer coach, Adam Clinton, the all-time wins leader, 177 wins from Clifton Park, New York. Uh, Adam, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to it. This, uh, this could be fun. And uh, also junior center back, Captain Trevor Bisson from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, Trevor, thanks for coming on the podcast as well. Thanks for having us, Barry. Uh, the RPM men's soccer team, uh, if you're unaware, had one of its best, if not its best, this season in school history this last year, You know, setting numerous school records going to the NCAA, NCAA tournament where they made it to the Elite Eight. And uh, first, I just want to get coaches' you know, thoughts again on looking back on it. Now, now we're months later um, on the season you guys had. Um, it's it's still sort of uh, unbelievable and sort of surreal to look back. It was um, it was just an unbelievable ride, and uh, I was just actually driving yesterday and uh, you know, anticipating this and thinking to myself, "Wow, we were like one game from the Final Four. We were two games away from being a national champion, so you know that's that's getting close to the flame, and uh, you know it's uh, it, it it's great. We're ready to move forward, but it's still it is nice to look back every now and again. Uh, Trevor, you guys last year you had a pretty good year, six and three in the league. Year before, six and three in the league, uh, nine one and one. You were a five hundred team overall. Uh, with some good, obviously you played some good competition. You played Rochester early in the season. Uh, but uh, was there anything that the year before kind of led you to believe, you know, a lot of low-scoring games, you played Ithaca tight in the in the postseason, probably could have won that game up in Canton. Uh, anything about the year before that made you believe that this was the team that had the you know, the ability to do what you did this last season? Um, I, I think all of the years I've played here, we've always had the ability to make it to the next level. We've always had really good guys that, um, we're able to play really good soccer, and um, I, I think we've always been close to that precipice. And um, this year, just everything clicked for us. And uh, you know, started early with the, the the big 15 game unbeaten streak. You know, 10 wins in a row. Uh, was there any point along that stretch that you thought this? You know, that you guys felt like you could, you could make a, a good run in the postseason? Um, absolutely. I mean, I, I think for me it really clicked when we uh, we played Oneana, and at that time they were ranked number two in the country. And um, after getting that win, I, I think everybody, the the mentality of the team changed where 
oh, we are actually one of the best teams in the country right now. And um, I think from then on out, we just had a confidence that um, allowed us to progress as far as we did. Adam, you guys, you know, it was East Campus Stadium was the game against Oneonta. You won in overtime. Uh, Trevor scored a big goal in that game, actually. Uh, you know, you've been around this program for a long time, and you've seen you, – you've been to NCAA tournament trips before, but what was special about this team building up to making the, the NCAAs again? So I'll go back to your question to Trevor about the year before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got to a stage – at one stage I think we were 3-8, and eight, and then we went on a run where we didn't lose in our last six games and when we went up to St. Lawrence for the Liberty League uh, tournament that year, and I don't say this very often, but I honestly thought we were going to win it. I thought we were the best team in the league at that point. We were playing very well. And, you know, and, we, and again, it's one of those things, maybe we're not mutters. We got on a bad field uh, after there was a game on before. We dominated the game. We had numerous chances to score and then just got, you know, got beat in overtime where you don't, you don't get a chance to recover. Um, but I left there, you know, disappointed, but thinking, you know, this, this group's ready. And they had been, you know, they had sort of the year before and even and for the, for last year's seniors, the year before that, you know, they've been around 500. They were playing a lot as freshmen and sophomores. And, um, you know, I had a hunch we could have had a chance to be good last year. Um, but after the end of that season, the, the month of October, we were very good. Um, and, you know, and then it just didn't uh, work out for us. Um, and then coming into last year, um, I will say that I think I thought that there was something special. I would say the Oneonta game again, but the biggest reason was I think that was our fourth game or fifth game, and it was the second game we came from behind with less than a minute to tie the game up or put us ahead. We did it at Elizabethtown on the first night. We scored with Trevor scored with 25 seconds left, and then we won in overtime, and then we get to Oneonta, and it's the same kind of thing, and we're like at 50 50 seconds left, and Trevor gets a goal, and you know when things like that happen, you know that doesn't happen once every five years. It happened twice in the first five games last year for us, so you start to think that that is the that you you maybe have something special, um, but not only that we were playing well, you know, so it was a combination. And then, you know, we, uh, and I actually don't remember which way, which order it came in, but we, you know, we had beaten Williams yep. and then Oneonta or Oneonta and then Williams. So now you beat two marquee programs. Um, you know, Elizabeth Town's a good program and, and right away you're thinking, okay, you know, maybe we're onto something here. Um, and then, and then the, the, the guys just got to roll in. Absolutely. Uh, Williams was the, uh... Two games before you beaten them two to one, also at ECAV. Um, right. Then you go, you go on the road. You beat a good, uh, a good Geneseo team three to one, uh, where you know Josh Gaudiano scores without a shoe. Uh, you have, <laughs> you go, you go up to Canton, and, and that was a, a tight game until so you guys opened it up three to one in the second half. There, uh, you know, you know, going up there and winning, even in a down year for St. Lawrence, is, is something special, I'm sure, for you guys. Uh, Trevor first. Yeah, I mean, St. Lawrence is always consistently good. Um, and they're a program like we strive to achieve um, and playing them and really establishing a presence for the league, I think, um, 
made our mark on that season for sure. It, it really put a target on our back for the other Liberty League teams too, because I'm sure they weren't expecting us to be this good. And then uh, you, you, you beat uh, Union one nothing at home, which you know in, in any other year might be you know a, is the big win, but looking back on it now, you know a smaller blip than it would have been because that's a rival. Um, uh, you get to go to Skidmore um, and tie them 1-1. You use a late goal to tie that game. And then really a game that, you know, when we look at the rest of the Liberty League, 3-1 uh, to one over Hobart at home, where, again, you guys pulled away in the second half. What was it about this team that allowed you to score those? I mean, you're scoring two, three, four goals a game where in you know, maybe some other years you'd be the team 2-1 to one or one nothing. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's, it's a combination of things. One was we were pretty experienced in certain positions, and then we had two impact freshmen in the, in the attacking end. I mean, we had a freshman score 16 goals. So I've been coaching 18 years, uh, and I've never had a kid who had the ability to score like that. And, you know, it changes everything when, you know, it, it almost felt there was a stage, and I don't know if the – you know, Trevor can probably answer this question, but from the coaching staff point, we always kind of went into the games last year thinking, okay, it's going to take two to beat us because we're going to get one. We knew we were going to get at least one, um, you know, and, and then for a while we were getting two and three a game. Um, I think of all the games last year that, that really um, established who we are, it was the Hobart game at home. Uh, because that was the second-best team in the Liberty League and arguably one of the top four or five teams in the region, and we took them apart, you know, I mean, especially in the second half. we you know, we got The first half was a typical Liberty League-type game, but then we really just, you know, we really played well uh, the second half of the first half and then the whole second half, and, and we really just started to open things up. Um, and I thought we were flying at that point. We were starting to really flow. Um, but, you know, we had guys who finished last year. That really was it. And it wasn't just – I mean, Josh got 16, but, you know, Eric got a handful. The Austin got a handful. Um, you know, even we had – you know, even the freshman get two or three. Trevor had five, I think, five or six. Joe – my two center backs had eight goals, I think, mm-hmm. between them. I mean, that's two guys who play in the back. They scored eight goals. I mean, so that's – you know, that's, that's a lot of goals, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, Dylan Confair, who struggled the year before, did not get a goal his junior year. And he had, I think, three or four big-time goals last year. So, yeah, yep, three, also four assists, right, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he had the one that tied it up against, um, that tied right, it up against Skidmore. Oh, and then yeah, he had yeah, the yeah. one that put us ahead against Skidmore. Um, so, or, I'm sorry, I guess RIT, he had the one that yeah. put us ahead uh, late in the game. Um, almost identical goals, to be honest with you. They were, uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, so it was, there was, we had a, we have a lot, we had a lot of firepower um, and we lose, you know, we lose a couple of, of those guys and we lose Dylan, I'm sorry, we lose um, Austin and, and Dylan Confair. Um, but, you know, we get Billy Chizzo back and he was our leading scorer from the year before. He didn't play. Right, absolutely. All right, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get we'll get to looking ahead to next year. I just want to finish up uh, uh, the, the recap of last year, Trevor. You guys, uh, you finished up the regular season kind of on a downer because the winning streak and the unbeaten streak ends at Ithaca. 
uh, but you knew you at that point, you already knew that you were be home for the Liberty League tournament. So, you know, what did that, you know, it was a tough loss, I guess. That, what was the feeling coming out of that game, knowing that you were still going to have home field advantage? Um, I, I think going up, because I think at that point we had like 15 games unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pressure was really starting to mount, I think, on the team. Not necessarily only from that game, just from, oh, we don't want to lose because we don't want to lose that streak. And I think actually losing that game ended up being better for us because it released some of that pressure. It's like, okay, take a step back. We we don't have to worry about breaking any more school records or anything. We could just go back to playing soccer and winning games. Um, you know, being able to go up there and being in a position in our season to where that we didn't have to worry about winning that last game because we already had a home field advantage. You know, I mean, it's something that we obviously we wanted to win, but just not having to worry about the pressure of maintaining that unbeaten streak and being sure. able to take a step back, relax, and really just prepare for the the most important part of the season, um, I think was a good thing for us. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I think I think a lot of people can that kind of resonates with a lot of people that, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure trying to carry on a streaks list like that. And, uh, you know, the, the next game against, you know, Clarkson, you, you outplay them, you outshoot them almost two to one, maybe more, uh, and you lose in PKs, which is, you know, a lot of soccer people aren't, aren't huge fans of those, but they're unnecessary evil. Uh, you know, we'll start with the, start with Trevor again. And, you know, th- that game must've been frustrating, uh, but you had to feel like, you had a decent shot at the NCAAs, but probably not your thoughts at the time because you're probably pretty disappointed with not being able to make it to the, your own league title game in your own field. But, you know, how did that how did that feel after that one? Um, yeah, that was the tough one. It, it, it was just one of those games where um, it just seems like when you can't score in overtime or in regulation, you just always end up losing in PKs in uh, one of those games. But, you know, we – we didn't accomplish what we wanted to in the Liberty League playoffs, but I don't think that affected our mindset going into the NCAAs because we understood that, hey, we messed up the first time. Let's really make our mark um, on this NCAA run. Adam? Uh, I think, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, you know, obviously the disappointment, we really wanted to win the double last year. Um, we We felt like we were the best team. Uh, it, for sure in our league and for sure in our region, we really, you know, we really felt that way. Um, I think everything, our record, all that stuff pointed to that. You know, we, you go back to the question you asked about the, the Ithaca game. We we had to, you know, we went up there, we played some guys who hadn't played. We had a, an injury or two. We sat a guy out. We, we got a guy who got a yellow card, a starter. We pulled him out of the game. We played a freshman who hadn't played ever. Um, so, you know, we ended up, and it really, you know, it really was a, a direct result uh, or a direct effect on the result. Um, and then we go to Clark, you know, we play the Clarkson game. And to be fair to them, we played them twice. And that was the only team, you know, that we, in our league, we couldn't get a goal against um, really. Uh, it, it, they were, you know, they, they were good at what they did. Um, they were a little bit lucky. Their goalkeeper had a fantastic game in mm-hmm. the semifinal against us. Um, and, uh, you know, and then we lose in, in PKs, but in the locker room and, you know, Trevor may not remember it, but, uh, you know, we were, we were down and, uh, you know, one of the things that the staff had talked about was let's not worry here because we're going to get a bid and we're probably going to get a home first weekend. 
and uh, because you know, it was very unlikely that we were going to slip, mostly because that game was not a loss. It was a tie. Right. So, our, you know, we were not going to take a, another loss. Um, so, you know, we were confident. We were disappointed only in the sense that we really wanted to get the trophy back. Um, uh, you know, and we want to start getting that trophy on a consistent basis. But from that point on, I think, you know, when we had the penalty kick shootout against uh, Middlebury a week yeah. later, I think our nerves were much better. I think, you know, we'd been through it, and it just seemed, we just seemed better. You know, uh, Luke was better in goal, and, I, you know, we didn't miss. Um, Absolutely, you know, we, yeah. We just stepped up there and hit him. So, um, you know, you learn more from your losses. Uh, you know, coach's cliche, right? You always learn more from your losses. <laughs> But uh, and 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 it's terrible. You'd rather win them from learn them from wins. But but the truth is, I think we got ourselves into a position uh, through some of those late season. I would say you know not even losses, just uh, disappointments. Yeah. Um, and then you know uh, and then the you know then we were we were ready and we were hosting and I did I just felt like we were ready. I felt like the, I could see it in the guys' eyes. I could tell in practice that, you know, um, I did my best to make, uh, make sure that we didn't take anybody for granted. Um, and I don't know how much they listen to me. You can ask Trevor that question when I'm telling them, you know, I'm sure they get online and they look up their own, they look up the opponent and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to keep everybody focused. So, um, but that was, you know, that, that not winning the league, I think made us even hungrier to, to a certain extent. And you guys, I guess, maybe took it out on Eastern Nazarene. Four goals was the most the RPI's ever scored in a in a NCAA tournament game. Um, you know, Trevor playing at home and being able to, you know, first of all get that first goal because I think that's important in these type of games where maybe you're favored. You know, you definitely favored you're the you're the host. Uh, but uh, and then being able to go up four nothing and maybe be able to pull some guys out when you know you had a, a game coming up the next day. Uh, you know, Trevor, what was what was playing at home in the NCAA tournament like? Because not a lot of people have had that opportunity. At, First of all, just being able to play at ECAV at home is already a great feeling. And then being able to host the NCAA tournament, seeing all those banners around, seeing the um, the different energy and different um, vibe that the NCAA brings. It, I mean, it was just an absolutely awesome experience. And um, just being able to play two games at home in the tournament, is, is it was an awesome feeling for sure. Uh, coach alluded to it, but uh, after beating Eastern Nazarene four uh, nothing, Middlebury beats JWU. So you get Middlebury, who's you know an SCAC power, uh, and you take them. They go, you go to overtime with them as well. You, you know, you probably all played them in regulation. Uh, but again, PK at the time, you know, your teammates were ready, and of course, uh, you know, nobody missed their PKs. And when you do that, you have a pretty good chance. Uh, you know, when that last you know, when that last one went in, you know, what uh, what did what did that you guys were all standing in midfield with your arms on each other's shoulders. You know, what, what was that feeling like? And yeah, I guess you ran right to the, right to your, your goalkeeper there. <laughs> um, you know, w- when it comes to PK, you never know if it's going to be your day or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, uh, I remember as soon as Polly set up the ball and took the shot and I saw the keeper go the wrong way, I think we all just immediately just full sprint, 
entire coaching staff was there. The entire bench was there. I mean, it was just a awesome feeling, just relief, like, take a breath. It's okay. We play another week, you know. Um, it was just a absolutely awesome feeling. Adam, do you want to add anything to, you know, being able to, to take home both of those NCAA games at, at home? Something that you weren't able to do back in 09? Uh, yeah, I, it was different because we were the one seed this time. In 09, okay, yeah, right. we, in 09, we were the two seed, and the only reason we were at home was because Williams was could not host. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because we've we've played, we we managed to get a NESCAC team on more than <laughs> half half of our appearances in the in the uh, in the NCAA uh, tournament. So, um, what really gave me uh, a lot of confidence moving forward was that I thought we thoroughly outplayed Middlebury, and I thought again we were unlucky not to win that game in regulation. They have a you know, their goalkeeper was uh, rookie of the year and first team all NESCAC. That yep. means he's that means he's pretty good. You know, that's that's a pretty good league. So um uh and he played great against us and you know, for sure they had they had one clear cut chance to, to take the game late and you know, and, and we, we thwarted that one. But I thought we played so well against Middlebury that I started to believe, like, you know what, I this team can can do it. This team can get to the final four, and then once you get there, anything is anything is uh, possible. So, um, you know, they had played so well, they deserved to win in penalty kicks because they were the better team on the field. And you know, uh, you had asked the question about scoring four goals in the game before. Yeah. That's the first time we've played a, a four seed. We've never, you know, we've always been a two or a three. Yeah. So we've always had what is uh, subsequently a, a tight game. So in '09, uh, Middlebury played. Uh, they were the one seed, so they played Husson, and they had their starters off the field with about thirty to twenty to thirty minutes left in the first in the first game. We played Eastern Connecticut, and we were both ranked in the top twenty. And that game goes one nothing, so you're playing the full ninety minutes. Right. Um, so this year you turn around and we play East Naz and the second half, we get our third goal relatively early. And, you know, we had, we, we took the starters out, yeah. you know, I mean, so we had an extra 20, 25 minutes rest, not to mention that we had, and, and to be honest with you, they, they didn't play the full first half either. Cause we were up to nothing. So our guys, if they played a full half, in the first game, uh, so they were we were much more rested on on uh, Sunday or yeah Sunday than Middlebury was. So that's definitely an advantage. They were in a tight game with Johnson and Wales, and they were the late um, game, right? And they, and they were the later game, right? Correct. So they had first of all they had less rest, and they played all their starters were on the field pretty much the whole game. So uh, it's the first time we've had that situation. And it, what a difference! It's unbelievable. Our guys were—we were fresh. You know, one yeah. of one of the NESCAC coaches called me and said, "You know, I, I don't think we made—I think we only made one substitute in the whole mm. game." Yeah. So he's like, second day, your guys go ninety minutes." I'm like thinking, well, "Okay, but that's because really the day before they didn't play much." So yeah, that's big. Yeah. Huge difference. So uh, you know that was, but then being the better team on the field made me believe that like we can beat anybody. 
I mean, well, we, we just played, you know, so. You needed that belief. Obviously, the next week you go to Amherst <laughs> and you play maybe one of the most well-known, you know, names in all of college soccer, especially Division Three, Messiah. Um, and what turns out to be, you know, maybe the greatest RPI men's soccer game I've ever seen, certainly in person. Um, you know, Trevor, I want to start with you. You know, <laughs> that must have been a blur at a certain point. You get, you get a goal, uh, Trevor. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, there, any any game like that, 3-2 in overtime, you just look at it, you know, kind of a work of art. You know, what what was your feeling, you know, going in, you know, halftime, early early stages of that game? Um, you had a lead at, at, at that point. Yeah. Um, I think the funniest thing for me, like, I, after scoring the first goal and I, I – watch back the highlight. I remember my celebration. I could barely jump off the ground because I was already exhausted 15 minutes in. <laughs> um, <laughs> just understanding the caliber of team that Messiah was. Um, like, just <laughs> already being exhausted 15 minutes in just because the unrelenting attack that they had. You know, I mean, we battled the whole game. It's just that, that team was another caliber of team that I don't think we... I've, seen in my career yet um but definitely going up first I, I think really established that okay these guys aren't invincible you know we we mm-hmm. can actually beat these guys um I, Adam, I think it established the tone for the rest of the game Adam what were your thoughts at halftime with the lead against Messiah uh well uh never thought of it as a lead uh, I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> right away um but I will say that I thought I thought we we had a very good a very good week of preparation. We we one of believe it or not, other than maybe some a, a few players where their quality might be better than anybody we have. There's a lot of similarities in the style that they play compared to how we play. They play the same setup, so we knew going in we matched up perfectly. We don't have to tweak anything to to play against them. But, uh, you know, Trevor's right. You get the first goal, now the belief is there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the, the most important thing I would talk about at halftime was, you know, obviously it was so far from over, it's not even, you know, funny. Um, and they come out and score two goals uh, right away. But, you know, at halftime it was just keep working. You know, we got to keep defending. Um, and, and, and when we get on the ball, and we were able to keep the ball from them if yeah. you go back and I, you know I'm, I, I go back at periods I go back and watch 20-30 minutes of it just to see sort of the self-scout mm-hmm. and you know it, it wasn't a fluke we were in the game they for sure had two or three guys that maybe we don't have but I think the decision that we had made that we weren't going to sit back and try to absorb pressure we were going to go press them I think that made a difference because I think everybody sort of is afraid of them in, to a certain degree. And we decided, well, you know what, we we can't do that. If we just sit back, they'll kill us. So let's go, you know, let's try to punch them in the, in the mouth. And we trained that way all week. And we, we watched them in, on film and we prepared for what we – we prepared for what they did. However, you can never prepare for how good individuals are. They look a certain way on tape. And then, you know, Mike Harton is chasing that kid around midfield. No one on our team got near him. You know, I mean, th- th- he he was just tremendous. 
So, yeah. So, Trevor, you guys, you know, you, you go down two to one early in the second half, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, maybe not you guys on the field, but people watching or wherever. Uh, oh, here we go. You know, Messiah. You know, they've they, they've finally gotten it. But then your 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 wonder freshman Josh Gaudiano draws a penalty kick in the corner of the box, and you tie it up. At that point, you know, what's what's the feeling on the field? Because you, you know you got back a little bit of that momentum that you may have lost there. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, we as a team had just had to decide, hey, let's make a comeback against one of the best teams in the country, you know. I, I think it's the, the tone of the season. Um, yeah. Uh, going down definitely sucked. Um, but I, I think we believed in our team knowing, hey, we're going to get another one. You know, it's going to happen. Our, our our wonder freshman, Josh, is going to somehow get something in, and then we're going to keep on battling, you know, because from a defensive mindset, um, your job is to prevent anything from happening. We yeah. obviously didn't do that, but um, but our, our, our players, you know, we kept on believing, and uh, we just – Managed to win back that next goal, and you got it. It was one of your, it was one of the, your seniors, um, Austin Betterly, who scored. Uh, I've watched the goal many times. I'm sure you have too. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I don't want to say that that Messiah necessarily led off, but I feel like you were. They kind of let you guys in on the let Dylan in on the on the the far on the left wing there. He's able to get a cross off, and Austin hit it with his knee or his shin or something. And it just kind of rolled into the corner. But uh, when you saw it roll across the line, or what was your angle on on the game-winning goal? <laughs> uh, I think actually you have a picture. Um, it's pure shock on my face after I see Austin hit it with his left knee, and somehow managed to roll in. Because then the the realization came over me. It's like, oh wow, we just beat Messiah. We're going to the Elite Eight. Just awesome. Yeah, I I because I was I think the cover for that and I was getting ready to try to head it in probably. Right, right. And, uh, I just didn't have the angle, but uh, yeah. I, I remember seeing the whole thing. It somehow hit Austin's knee. I'm sure he's going to say he meant to do that, but there's absolutely no way he meant to do that. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was an awesome, awesome. Adam, what was your, what was your gut reaction? Was your well, gut, re- gut reaction was, um, you know, in the moment was, I literally said, oh, my God, oh, my God, like five or six <laughs> times. And I ran the opposite way of the team because I typically let the team go celebrate. Yeah. And I went off the other direction, and I turned around and was mobbed by a whole bunch of former players. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's what I remember. Um, but when I've gone back and looked at it, um, the couple of things that, that – that I will probably highlight uh, when we get, or, you know, hopefully get back together in the fall. And that is, um, first of all, we had a free kick. We pushed a bunch of guys forward, and Joe played a short free kick to Trevor. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, to uh, to CJ. CJ then, instead of just whacking it, actually knocks the ball to Josh's feet. And then um, uh, Dylan Confer makes a run towards the ball, and he plays a little. I'm sorry, he played the ball into Confer. He plays it yeah. into Confer, who lays it off, and Josh plays, and Trevor will will know, he, Josh plays a straight ball, and Dylan makes a little diagonal run in behind. And all of a sudden, he's on the end line uh, free. And he had been 
he had missed a lot of the game because he had been on a bad ankle. Uh, so he only played sort of the last 15 minutes of the second half and then into overtime. And he's on his – with his bad, bad left ankle serves the ball. And if you watch it again, and I've watched it many times, the Messiah guy, uh, when Dylan lays it off to Josh, kind of stands. And Dylan just slides across and gets in behind easy, and he catches the Messiah defender off guard. And then, you know, the cross drops into an open space, and Austin just reaches to get anything on it. Yeah. And he, was, he is the first one to admit he was just trying to get anything on the ball. And I think it, after the game, he, in the interview, he mentioned that, you know, he, it went off his knee, and he was watching it roll, and he thought it'll never get there. There's no way it's going to get to that. There's no way it's going to make it going too slow. And then all of a sudden it goes in and pandemonium breaks out. Um, and, uh, you know, but um, from a coaching standpoint, I look at it and go, we, we did like four things in a row that we trained a lot. Mm-hmm. And they used, they, they, we, we broke them down to get that goal. Their marking might've been bad in the middle. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and we caught a guy kind of probably, he kind of got caught watching a little bit, but everything we did, we've done in training. And it was, uh, I mean, it was, uh, the more I watch it, the more I'm impressed with all the decisions the players made in that regard. I mean, Joe could have just thumped it in there. Sure. And, and right. And they got an all, you know, they got an all American center back as well. He's probably going to win it because he played great. And then, you know, they're good everywhere else. And we get a ball to Josh's feet. And because he had turned that, turned that right back a couple of times and drew the penalty. They lay off just a little because they're nervous. Dylan makes a really good run. Josh plays a straight ball. And, uh, and next thing you know, and he hits a perfect cross with mm-hmm. his left foot. You know, he's a right-footed player. Yeah. And the, you know, so, um, you know, it was the perfect storm, so to speak. And uh, then, you know, you win the game. I wanted, I wanted to get to the number of alums that, that showed up for that because I think it was a big deal. And, you know, and family and fans, you know, you guys packed just as much as the, the other teams that had fans there. Uh, Trevor, I know you don't, you don't know all those guys maybe, but uh, maybe a little, some of them a little before your time. But you knew, you knew their presence was there, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, McCaughey, our assistant coach, told us about all the, uh, the alumni, all of his guys that were uh, – Coming there to support us. That's fantastic. And then uh, I, we could do an, we could probably do an entire podcast on the Amherst game. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, maybe we will at some point. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll leave it as uh, you know some decisions were made that I'm sure you guys weren't happy with. Uh, the fact that the team the game even started on the same field with the conditions it was in was probably you know a, a poor one. Uh, but I'll let coach just speak on the game and, you know, you guys were, you know, resilient because you come back on the, on the turf in the second half and you get a goal that at least makes people think a little bit. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, you know, I told the guys afterwards, you're going to go through life and sometimes you're just never going to know. Right. So we're never going to know. Could we have done it? Could we have pulled it off? You're never going to know. But what I will say is what I told the guys, uh, two hours after the game kicked off and we were about to start the second half, um, I said to them, uh, look, we're down 3 nothing. The likelihood that we're going to come back is pretty slim. So let's just go play and show everybody who we were this year. And let's just go out 
and knock the ball and, and play and just play with some freedom and go, uh, you know, and within five minutes of the game kicking off, you could see that it was a different game because they had to deal with us when we were on the ball. And all of a sudden we're getting free and, you know, we get a here or there and, you know, we get a goal and it makes it 3-1. And for sure they had chances, but at that point, we're really pushed forward trying to get two more goals, right? So right. we're leaving ourselves exposed. But I think for me the bigger thing was on a field that where we could knock the ball around and pass the ball to one another, we would have been in the game. Don't get me wrong. They are a tremendous team. And I'm not going to ever say uh, that we, you know, if we played on a different field, we'd definitely win the game. I'm, I would never make that statement. No. But I believe that, with our mentality last year, um, that game is going to be a lot tighter and we're going to ask some questions of them. And I think we asked some questions of them in the second half. Um, obviously, because of the scoreline, we left ourselves a little more exposed at the back, so our goalkeepers were getting peppered. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it, was, it, just, it, is, it was a situation that it was and there's nothing we're ever going to be able to change about it. Uh, but uh, it didn't take away from anything that we did last year. I, I you know, it was, mm. it was, it was disappointing that we didn't get an opportunity to really show how good we were. That was the biggest point. Um, the results are, you know, you, you can live with a win and a loss as long as you get to, as long as you play. Right. Um, and, um, you know, we didn't really get to do that in the first half. And then, the second half, I thought we showed up. We, we made a good showing for ourselves. You know, we won the second half, right? We won one nothing the second half. Yes. So, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, that's that's the way it goes. Trevor, as a player, uh, you know, being in a situation where you know you maybe feel cheated, especially going into that second half a little bit, but you can't you can't dwell on it, right? Because you have to go out and play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's miserable conditions, soaking wet. We hadn't played for 30 minutes getting to the other field, but um, really doesn't matter. You know, it, when you get the chance to play, you make the most of it, and you you play for the guys that won't be able to play again. You know, and so for sure, yeah, your seniors and you know, uh, Matt got a chance to get in at the end of the game there, and he played his heart out. I'm sure that was you know, I'm sure you like to see that from him and from a guy who's been a leader on the team for for four years almost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, we'll, we'll quickly get to, to looking ahead because we're running a little over here, but that's fine. Uh, you know, you get a, a core back. Coach mentioned some of the guys you're, you're going to be losing up front and, you know, some of the leaders, uh, you know, Dylan Ashong, who was a, your Swiss Army knife. You put him in a, a lot of different spots. Uh, he'll be missed as well. But the, the core that went to the Elite Eight is going to be back, uh, uh, Trevor. You know, for you guys, you, you two senior center backs, you – uh, you know, you're together again, um, you know, hopefully for a full season here. You know, what, what is your feeling going into 20, uh, 2020? Um, I, I think we can do it all again, and I, I think we can make it farther. You know, I mean, you never know what a season's going to bring, but I, I think my and the team's attitude is we want to make it all the way back there again. Um, uh, yeah, I mean – I think uh, the talent. We're in a situation where we're, you know, we're lucky enough that we, we bring back the, um, uh, ten, ten, or I'm sorry, uh, nine of the 
nine starters. Um, you know, we got to replace. Sorry, uh, seven starters on the field, yeah. right? So we got to replace three guys. Uh, but again, we get Billy Tizzo back, who probably would have been a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really looking to fill in two spots. We had a freshman and, and Ben Kogan play quite a bit. So maybe we're only looking for one new guy, kind of. We got a couple of spots we got to sort out, um, uh, you know, in terms of uh, for depth and making sure that we get better. Uh, you know, we can't. One of the things is, you know, to be realistic is every single thing went our way last year. So you're talking about, you know, the Oneonta game, right? We scored with less than a minute. That doesn't happen too often. We did it against Elizabeth Town. Um, you know, we came back. We scored with two minutes left against Skidmore to tie it up. We 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 were losing one nothing to um, uh, RIT, and then we managed to uh, score two in in a like a three minute span or something like that. And then you know, then almost gave it away and still found a way to come back and win that game. So um, you know, some things we got to be a little bit more consistent with certain things, but you know, obviously. From my standpoint, uh, in the big picture, college soccer, with everything that's going on right now, is not the most important thing. But this is a really good group. I'd really like to have them back. I really missed spring ball. I missed the guys. I I, I, I want to see how good they can be. I want to see if if they can overcome the the uh, sort of uh, this this mental side that they would have to overcome next year because. Doing it two years in a row is very difficult, and um, you know it's you, you gotta you, people. Everybody's gonna out to get you, um, so you know it's a mental test every day. Every team you're the you're you got a target on your back, um, you know. Or if you think about it, Oneonta came in to play against us at number two in the country. I think they finished the year before number three or four. They hadn't lost, so you know we're right now sort of technically number seven. If we don't lose a couple of games, the first game of the year, we're number seven. Right. So, so right away, they're, you know, we're playing the seventh-ranked team in the country, so now you've got a big target on your back. Can you handle that is what I'm really looking forward to find out. And I think they can, um, but it, it's all about work. And there are some pitfalls you can fall into um, when, when, you're, when you're returning. You know, it's, it's not going to be easy. You've got to remember how hard it was last year, and it's going to be harder the next year. Uh, Trevor, uh, you know, you're going into your senior year. Uh, Trevor was, the, for those who don't know, the, the 10th All-American in, in RPM men's soccer history and the first since 2010 when Lincoln Field did it. He's only the second defender uh, joining uh, Jacques Auguste. I hope I'm saying that right. He's the class of 52. Uh, so, you know, that's that's pretty, you know, fair air for you to be in, Trevor, as far as individually. But obviously it goes back to you guys have had a solid defensive unit for a number of years, and now you're a year older. Um, just, you know, quickly talk about, you know, you guys going into your senior season as, you know, what are you trying to prove? And also, as Coach mentioned, you know, the, the target on your back as well. Trevor, 1952, by the way, is 11 years before I was born. That's how, small, <laughs> that's how long ago. That's a long time, Coach. That's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So most people don't remember seeing Jacques Auguste play play defense for our fiance. So for all (laughs) intents and purposes, you're you're the the best defender that that many people have known as far as RPI soccer. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I think 
we've always known we we were a good program. Um, and I think we really have an opportunity to really make a name for ourselves um, for a class um, and for a school. And hopefully we have the opportunity to do that. You know, yeah. uh, all you have to do is just give us a chance and then we'll take that. We'll work as hard as we can to get to that next level, that next uh, step in our program. Um, and just, just really hope that we have the ability to, to play, you know, I, I mean, we all play the game cause we love it. You, like getting all these crazy NCAA experiences and all these memories, um, it, it's just a bonus. You know, uh, we, we play the game of soccer just because we love playing the game of soccer. Joining me on the phone is fourth-year RPI head women's soccer coach, Bree and Stephanie Cicero from Herkimer, New York. Uh, Bree, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Perry. Also, senior Alexis Casterlon from Conroe, Texas. Uh, Alexis, uh, Lex, where are you? are you? Are you still in Troy or are you back home? I'm still in Troy. Still in Troy. And then Allie Passaccia, who's a sophomore midfielder from Williston, Vermont. Uh, Allie, thanks for coming as well. Are you, are you home in, in Vermont or are you still in Troy? Yeah, I'm home in Vermont now. Home in Vermont now, okay. Uh, so uh, we have women's soccer here. Uh, the engineers, you know, had a winning season this year, eight, seven, and two overall. Uh, they went five and four in the league, made it to the postseason once again, Liberty playoffs. And uh, you know, like many RPI teams this season, they're the ones that have the opportunity to play in East Campus Stadium. The engineers were, you know, four and a half minutes from a, a perfect record, or an unbeaten record at home, seven, one, and one at ECAV. I'm sure that St. Lawrence game will stick in the craw of many of you guys, including Lex, uh, the senior. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we'll start with Lex for you. You know, what made this team you know, successful coming off a year last year where I guess goal scoring was probably an issue for you guys where you won five games. But, uh, you know, what was, was the vibe different for this group, uh, different from past years you've been on the team? Um, well, personally for me, I felt like it was very different in that I felt like everybody was maybe a little more – focused towards a common goal. We tried to control the things that we could control. And we really tried to instill, like, a positive environment in each other. So I felt like we were the closest we've ever been um, in the time that I've been there. Like, I really felt like this was an actual family that I could lean on for anything. And I really think that helped with our um, chemistry on the field and helped us just be a better team in general. Uh, Allie, you, you obviously had your season cut short. Uh, you, you were, you know, in line to, to play a significant amount this year in the midfield. Uh, you know, how difficult was that? And But still seeing your teammates be successful had to uh, maybe lift your spirits a bit. Yeah, that was definitely difficult for me. But um, on the sideline, you could definitely tell that we were we were different from the year before. You could I could see the leadership on the field and how we work together. And, um I took a different approach to obviously be a part of the team. I couldn't physically play, but I was there trying to just like lift our spirits and stuff. Uh, Coach uh, Bree, um, you know, a number of years ago, you instilled this, this your leadership style, I guess, or, or your leadership groups that aren't necessarily, you know, one or two captains, but are, you know, different groups that are, 
you know, skilled at different aspects of you know, be communications or, or uh, you know, leading off the field in the weight room. Um, you know, how have you seen that develop as your career has gone on here? Yeah, we and we have two of those leaders on the phone with us now. But um, we knew, or I knew when I came in, we have a different staff now, but um, it wasn't going to be an immediate change. And it was going to take a few years to actually get um, – all of that settled and have everybody kind of on board with what we were trying to do. And this, obviously this senior class was, has gone through it for four years, so they haven't had a different coach. Um, so I think that's helpful that now everybody in the program has had the same coaching staff, same coaching style. Um, so we're all on board and we know what the expectations are and things like that. So it was definitely helpful uh, for the season. And I think um, how we've done our recruiting has changed and the kind of people that we're bringing in is different. So I think that was uh, beneficial for everyone coming together and and honestly this is the most fun I've ever had in my coaching career was was this year so it says a lot about the the student athletes that we have and and their willingness to buy into what we're trying to do uh Lex so what uh what role do you serve as far as leadership on this team or did you serve as a, as a senior this year um as a senior this year I was I think in charge of fundraising <laughs> and community service maybe Okay. I was I was like mostly I kind of just like bounced around in the leadership and kind of helped where I could, mm-hmm. as opposed to having like one realm where I like stayed in. Okay. And then Allie, what what were you responsible for? I was in charge of communication and weight room. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, and you know, weight room is an important part of you know you guys, whether it's you know actual lifts or, or, you know, cool downs or, you know, working with the strength coaches to, you know, make you guys, make yourself better in the off season, but also in season to make sure you recover and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Lex, can you touch on how important that aspect of it is and maybe having, having people like Allie who are in charge of that aspect of the team? Yeah. So um, a lot of people, when they go to college, they maybe haven't done like strength and conditioning in that, sort of aspect um but when you come to college you kind of realize like how important that is how important it is to actually recover and build up strength and do the exercise and do the work so that you can make sure that injuries become like a lower risk and that and it's also I think just a great way to bond with your team because when somebody is able to put up the weight and like get their max and everybody's cheering you on it's like one of the greatest feelings in the world so, um, but it is incredibly important to have people like Allie um, who really lead us in the right room because sometimes you, you know, maybe you don't know what you're doing and like coach is busy or something like that. And so you have somebody that you can turn to, to like help you and make sure that you're doing things right. That's great. And Allie, is, is that, is that Ryder in here? No, no that's, that's my dog. That's Allie's dog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Ryder was. I thought Ryder was making his way to the pod to say hello, but that's okay. No, uh, he's sleeping. He always sleeps. No, he's oh. barking at people outside the window. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Allie, as as the leader in the weight room, you know it's, it's obviously important. What were you able to do when you were, you know, unable to maybe do all the things that you that you'd like to in the in the weight room and, and on the field? Yeah. So I guess this year I was definitely limited with my injury, but just being a voice. And, like, being there to, like, cheer people on, that's a big um, part of it is we like to have, like, a lot of energy when we're in the weight room and, like, a lot of support, and it makes everyone feel better. And um, so I guess I was just – I was more of that voice 
mm-hmm. and less of like the lead by example because I couldn't necessarily do everything. Right, but you were able to. I guess you could do what well, you could do bench and some upper body stuff, right? Yes. So you're going to be really strong upper body this next year. Heck yeah! Yeah, she would kill it at bench. Three, <laughs> uh, you, you guys, you know, you have the different leadership groups there. What, what what about them was was different this year? And you know, so you're talking to two of them here, but uh, you know, what about what they were able to accomplish? Maybe off the field that people maybe don't realize. Yeah, there's a, a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. And I, we, on numerous occasions, had to tell this group in particular to leave soccer on the soccer field because um, mm-hmm. we know that when they go home, they have their own chop talks and they're doing their own thing. So we wanted to make sure that we could uh, not control all of that but make sure that they were overthinking things and um, soccer was a place for soccer and they had their, their own lives off the field. Um, but they're – we saw more passion and dedication out of this group than we have in the past. And, and we could tell just by the conversations that they were having off the field and, and, and all that stuff that you would like to see in a team. Um, but, and I go back to this, the people that we have are absolutely incredible. We're losing an incredible group of seniors. We're bringing in an incredible group of first years and everybody in between Allie's group, the group below them. Um, we have a group of people who really care about each other and it's hard it's just got, it has to be something that they have. It's not something that we're saying, hey, go out there and care about your teammates. They genuinely care about everyone that's in the program and that's uh, really beneficial and plays a key role in things that we're accomplishing on the field too. Lex, what are you what are you most proud of about the the kids, the the, the players, teammates in classes below yours, whether it be the sophomores and alleys or the or the rising uh, the rising seniors, uh, you know, with with Mish and and uh, Alenka and, and those folks? Um, what am I most proud of? As, as far as, you know, carrying on what you guys feel like you've started as far as the senior class. Well, so that's probably one of the big things is that, you know, people kind of say, like, oh, like, you started this, and, like, how are we going to do this without you? But it's not – it hasn't, like, always been us. It's always been the entire team. So, like, the juniors have also been there from the beginning. The sophomores have bought into it really quickly. Like, we have made this team environment together. So Mm -hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be able to carry on, like, a successful season, um, carry on the family that we've been able to build together, um, and just keep that chemistry going and keep that environment of just, like, complete love and acceptance and hopefully that translates into more success in the field. I want to ask all you guys this. Um, you know, there's, there's probably people questioning how important social media is to uh, just life in general, and, and it, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think what you guys have done, what really Bree and Ellie have done, uh, has been a positive for your group. And you can you can say, you know, there's some – video or some post only is so many so much interaction but i think what you guys are able to do with social media if you haven't checked it out uh, rpi women's soccer on twitter and, and instagram uh they do such a really good job of kind of illustrating what you guys do on a daily basis and, it, and your ellie's pop-up videos too i think are uh are a great way to just show what you guys do on and off the field um you know i'll start with brie i guess because you work with ellie she's your assistant yeah. um you know 
I think it's made it, whether you you count likes or views or whatever, I think it's made an impact. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, especially for um, recruiting for the people that we're bringing into the program to be able to get a little bit of an insight into how we interact and, and how we are on and off the field. Um, that's definitely beneficial. But if, if Ellie listens to this ever, a huge thanks. And I know this comes from our group of student athletes, too. We're putting that together. It, it's a way to make us feel, I think, special as a group um, to be able to show what we're doing. And we're not just about soccer all the time. And we get we have fun and we um, – I bet every coach says this, but I think we have more fun than any group on campus or anywhere else in the country. Um, and to be able to show that in a positive way and the way Ellie puts it together is absolutely exceptional. Um, and Perry, you know this too, and I'm sitting here doing some film also. Editing photos and editing film is so time consuming. So for her to dedicate that much time to showing off what we're about is incredible. And we're grateful for her for doing all that for us. I mean, yeah, like you guys went, you guys went go karting last year, and <laughs> yeah, those, those videos show up in all kinds of forms and fashions. And uh, just uh, having the GoPro, I think, is a is a big part of it. But just you know, what has what is that social media aspect? That, it, it, it obviously doesn't create memories, but I think it helps preserve them, and it helps you guys. Uh, you know, you as a senior looking being able to look back at your, almost your whole senior year based on a number of, you know, different videos that and, and the posts that Ellie's put together. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, the other week, we were all just sitting here, and I think Ellie posted a new video, and we watched it. And so we were like, you know what, let's go back and watch every single one that she's ever made. And it was just, you know, a trip down memory lane, and it was really, really awesome that we're, like, able to do that and able to watch them whenever we want. And, like, just hearing some of the music from some of those videos just immediately brings back memories and it's it's an incredible thing and it's like to the point where when we were on campus I would be walking around or I'd be talking to my friends and like people would mention oh my god your videos are like so awesome like who makes them and so I'd always probably say that it's our assistant coach Allie. Uh, Allie this is, you've only kind of only known this as far as your RPI soccer career but you know you know you know being able to be a part of not just the, being in the videos or a part of that kind of thing, but just, you know, how, how has it helped you and, you know, maybe lifted you up when you maybe weren't feeling your best because you weren't able to help the team and contribute on the field? Yeah, so I think the aspect of the videos to get, like, in general is just, it's awesome. And Ellie will put them out on game days and it'll hype all of us up and we'll all get, like, super excited and just watching them, like, seeing each other play and, like, the little goofy bits that she puts in them of, like, someone on the team getting nutmeg. It's, like, gives us, like, a chance to laugh and then also, like, enjoy what we're doing and be mm -hmm. able to, like, look back on it because, like, I can now go watch those videos and, like, remember preseason better than I would if we didn't have those. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so – that aspect of it, I think, is a big. Obviously, Bree mentioned the recruiting part. You, you really get a good sense, I think, from those videos and clips and different you know, photos and stuff that you guys put online, whether it's just, a, you know, like a celebration pick of you guys scoring a goal, you know, um, against West Con or, or what have you, you know, you know all the, the six goals scored against Bard uh, kind of commemorated there. Um, you know, back to you, Bree, like, for, for you, 
coach, obviously you want to show what your program is about. And I think how well do these, these videos do that for you? Yeah, and I, I forgot to mention this earlier, too. Allie is one of these people who is behind the camera shooting these things. Obviously, we wish she was on the field this past year, of course, but um, our injured folks, too, we had a lot of them. Um, Unfortunately. Spent a lot of time be, yeah, spent a lot of time behind that camera and actually getting the footage for us. So we wouldn't be able to do that without those people, too. So for Allie and, and Mish and Rhea and Peyton and everyone who's Emma, who's injured this uh, this past season, um, they played a big role in, in helping us put those together. But uh, we have, and Ellie and I can see, obviously, who's liking it and who we interact with and, and sure. comments that we get and things like that. And we, we do get a lot of follows and likes and comments. And, and Ellie's more in tune with all of this stuff than I am. But um, a lot of it's from parents of incoming student-athletes or um, recruits that are two years out at this point and, and liking our page and things like that. And I'm, I'm sorry, I have horns going by my, my street. We must have a birthday or something that, that everybody's excited about. I can't uh, hear it, so don't worry. <laughs> okay, great. Um, yeah, but it, it's playing – and this is actually, I think, the first year we've really gone um, to the kind of extreme levels that we have with the videos, and I think it's it's been beneficial. We're bringing in uh, a class of 10 at this point, and – and everyone who's been on campus has mentioned that they follow the page and they love the videos that come out and, and the photos and everything. So I think um, for the class that's coming in to know that they will eventually be featured on that, that's something that they look forward to and are excited about. That's great. Now I want to ask uh, you guys all about how, you know, the season ended, not necessarily in the, in the playoffs, but um, before that, uh, when you, the three games you had in the regular season, I want to talk a little bit of soccer on the soccer podcast. Um, uh, you needed you needed to win those, and and for Lex, I'll start with you because you're a senior. Um, you had Clarkson, Vassar, and Ithaca. You know those aren't easy games by any means, um, but you needed to win those games, and you came together to get them. At, this is after losing, by the way, at RIT three uh, nothing, and at William Smith one nothing the weekend before. Um, you know what what was the kind of feeling there and it, what, what allowed you guys to, to put together the, the, the street that you needed to make the playoffs in your senior season? Well, so I had been talking to Ellie probably like a week or two before that, just about like the emotions of it all. And she said, like, I know why you're panicking and stuff. And she said, it's because you're running out of time. And that's, I, I know that every single senior felt that. And even, like, out of all of the underclassmen, they realized, like, we're running out of time. Like, this is it. So we all came together, and we did what we were always capable of doing. We were always capable of winning all those games, you know. Um, but things happen, and sometimes you just don't win. But for those games, it, like, it was like a switch. Like, I felt something completely different in the air. Like, I knew at the, like, starting those games that we were going to win them because it just felt so different. And, you know, something that also doesn't happen for our food in soccer is you guys were awarded a penalty kick uh, on senior day. Uh, yeah. which I, can't, I can't remember the last one that time that you actually uh, get, were uh, awarded one of those, but Lex, you were able to bury that. You win the game 3-2. Uh, you know, senior day maybe can be overblown at times, but I think it's, it's certainly important for for your class and to be able to score, mm -hmm. first to be able to score a goal on senior day and win. Uh, how important was that to you? 
It was absolutely incredible. My uh, my family is from Texas, so they right. don't get to come to very many of my games. But they obviously have senior day, so they came for that one. And it was an incredible feeling to be able to help my team do that. And, um, you know, they we scored our first goal, and they came right back. Like, a minute later, they scored again. Scored our second goal, they came right back. And so, like, at that point, you would start thinking, oh, like, maybe this is going to be too hard. But we absolutely kept trucking through and were able to pull off the win. I'm so, so thankful for that moment. It was an incredible day. Uh, Allie, I know you're on the sideline for it, but, you know, being close with your teammates is important, and you've been with them all year, uh, for two years, a lot of them. Um, you know, what was it like for you, you know, when that final horn went and you guys were able to pick up the win? Yeah, it was definitely exciting. I think, like, all year we had been training for the end of the season to make it into the playoffs. So we, you could tell that there was this mindset and this dedication that we really wanted it. And those last three wins, they show that, that like we, the whole season we were trying to be different. We were trying to be better and we were able to pull it off in the last few games and get those wins when we needed it. Uh, the the next Wednesday, you guys go to Vassar and there's no goals for, it seems like forever. Uh, free, <laughs> but then, <laughs> uh, but then uh, you get uh, Whitney with scores in the final minute of, you know, double overtime. Uh, I'll go to go to Bree for this one. And uh, what was the feeling like when you saw Whitney uh, break free on a on a breakaway, really, with with almost no time left? And did you realize how much time was left? Uh, probably not. I don't. I I probably blacked out. And I, I, there's like there's video footage of me like on my knees afterwards, not understanding what was going on. But um, I do distinctly remember the build up to that play. Um. And it was Grace on the out, as our outside back was it hurt she did her job perfectly. She won the ball. She was in a one on one situation. We were actually defending when the whole thing started. Um, played the ball up to Wit and we got a Wit did a good job with her one v one defending, got a lucky bounce and um and I think after having been so unlucky for so long, we were bound to to have some luck bounce our way so that mm-hmm. when it came off her her body perfectly and set her up for the for the finish. Um, just I think relief, um, and it gave us the chance to be playing for something the following weekend too. Um, so had we lost that game or we tied that game, Ithaca wouldn't really have meant anything for us. So to be able to set ourselves up to continue to play and then get into playoffs and uh, and continue on that road, I think it was a, a special moment for everybody. And I I think we all probably felt some sort of relief from after that. Yeah, I mean, after that, after Vassar, you needed to win, and all you had to do was beat a team that you've never beaten before again yeah. in, in Ithaca. Uh, <laughs> but but lack one of your Maybe. classmates, <laughs> one of your classmates, uh, Cap Emily Kaplan, uh, scored in the 70th minute on uh, mm-hmm. a pass from another one of your classmates, Jackie, um, to score that that goal. And I I was on the I remember I was on the field there, I was taking pictures at the end of the game, and I I, I got one of uh, Meg. Who's your one of your other other one of your classmates? Uh, just after the final horn went, you went one nothing, uh, celebrating that. And uh, you know, what was that feeling like, knowing that you you'd, you'd not only beat Ithaca, which the year before you probably one of the you know one of the tougher games to take in your, your junior season, um, being able to get, come back and win that game and make the postseason. I'm gonna be honest, I cried. <laughs> I, I teared up running, you know, running to go hug um, Captain Jackie because. 
they got it done. And I know, like, Cap also teared up. But, like, every single one of us were just, like, so emotional at that point because that's, like, such a huge thing, you know? To be able to be, like, up in a game is something that you can control for the most part. So all we had to do was just defend, defend, and hold on and hold on. And, you know, we were able to do that in the end. We were able to be strong. And it was another another incredible day. And um, oh, Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, nah, I was I was done. <laughs> okay, Allie, uh, how are you? How are you getting around? Because I know you have a, it's a leg injury for you. Um, and, I, and I've seen you riding around on a what looks like a little cart with wheels. Is that is that <laughs> how you got? Is that how you got around most of the time? Or are you on crutches? <laughs> I was on crutches, and I had that little scooter cart when I was in ECAV. <laughs> but <laughs> I was able to walk it fast <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So. You, did you, you were you able to rush onto the field or how did you celebrate with um, I wasn't able to rush on the field. I remember at Vassar when we scored in overtime, the whole team rushed onto the field and Raya, my roommate, she had torn her ACL. Um we like go to run not really run, hobble onto the field and uh we look at each other and we just kinda stop. We took like three steps on the field and we just hug each other right there, like right by the bench. <laughs> we're like, we're not gonna make it <laughs> but We'll give you like we'll hug each other. Um, and I remember that. I don't remember Ithaca too well, like the whole rushing the field. Yeah. But I You're probably closer probably to tried, it, yeah. probably tried my best to get out uh, there. Bree, how uh, you know what, what what was the post game talk after after Ithaca when you you had gotten in and you know what, what were the I guess key points there going into the playoff game. I, I'm not really sure what was said, but I, I know we were excited. Um, obviously, beating Ithaca for the first time in program history, that was huge. But that I don't think that was at the forefront of our minds. It was more, hey, we get another week to be together. Um, this isn't done yet. We can still go to practice. We can still do our lifts. We can still do everything that we are used to doing together. And I think that was um, probably the first thing that crossed my mind is a great, we, we don't lose these seniors that we get to keep playing. Um, and I'm sure everybody else felt that, too, once we once we settled down from the win a little bit. And then you, you, you do go on to, uh, to St. Lawrence. A tough game. It was scoreless at halftime. Um, I mean, both teams had chances. Uh, maybe if you, you get a goal in that first half, it's a different game. Uh, St. Lawrence scores, scores two in the second half uh, to uh, – to knock you guys out, and I know it was, a, it was an emotional time there at the end of the game, but as it always is. Uh, but uh, Lex, what were your kind of takeaways from that? Well, from that game, I towards it was getting towards the end of time, and I just looked around and I tried to just soak it all in because I realized that it was probably going to end. And I don't know it just made me appreciate so much my time here, and that like um that I got to have such an incredible experience. You know, some people, they, they don't get to, you know. But I got to be with a team that is my family and that I'm going to love forever, and they're going to be there for me forever, and I'm going to be there for them. And, you know, that that game hurt, but overall that season was an amazing season, my favorite season yet. I wouldn't change it for the world. And, uh, you know, Bree, you know, same thing, you know, just, you know, a, a tough way to – go out, I guess it would have been no matter what. Um, but, uh, you know, what can you say about not only your, your team, but the, your group of seniors that, that are that are graduating in a month here, maybe uh, digitally, but uh, they won't be with the team anymore. 
Yeah, and we, Ellie and I knew that going into that game, it was going to be tough because we we had already been essentially in playoffs for three weeks at that point. So we had a, like we have been talking about now, we had to win those three games going into that in order to even be eligible to play in playoffs. So to keep that streak going is, is just like how you would be in, in postseason. You have to win to continue. So um, we had already felt that a little bit, and we knew it was going to be tough going into that game to keep that going and kind of continue to ride that wave. But it, like you, you had mentioned, it was emotional after the game. This is the first class that I have ever been with for four years in my coaching career. So I've, I've always been I've skipped out at three years or two years or whatever it is, but this is the, the first time I've ever been with a group for four years. And um, as long as four years seems, it goes so quickly. And, and I'm so happy and appreciative of the time that I've had with the group of seniors that were with me. And they, like I said, ride the wave. We had a lot of waves. Um, and they rode that with me, and, and I hope they feel the same way. But I think um, this season was incredible, and I'm glad that we were able to give them what what they got out of out of the season. Um, and like I said, they they've created so many bonds with each other that that's going to go on past RPI soccer. But this is just a platform to get those uh, relationships built and and things that they can carry forward throughout their lifetime. Absolutely, it feels like uh, not too long ago we were playing. Can Jam and Cat's Backyard. Wow, on, what on a Long throwback. Island. Long Island. <laughs> I, I remember that day because it was very good food, and I remember I was writing a recap over sitting on the ground over by the garage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember Bree slotting it in on the first try for Can Jam. Yeah, well, <laughs> can all be that's, that good luck. Yeah. That's, that's a good first impression, uh, Can Jam-wise, Bree, for you and these freshmen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why they listen to you. Um, uh, so looking ahead to, to next year, um, Allie, I know a lot of you and your teammates who were not able to play mo- most, if not all, the season last year, uh, you know, how, how excited are you? And, you know, obviously Mish got cleared before spring ball or, you know, to get back on the field. But, to, you know, how excited are you to play soccer again? I am so excited. It has been too long at this point, and I think that I speak for most of the team I say this, but I think everyone's really excited, especially because spring season did get cut short and we didn't have, get to have the season we wanted to, but I think coming back to the fall, there's going to be this new energy, there's going to be this desire, this determination, this drive, and I can't wait. Uh, Bree, a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of luck involved with injuries, uh, you know, there's only so much you can prepare for. Uh, but a lot of ACLs for you guys, um, and so if it's the turf or what have you, you can't really worry about, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's, it's recovery, and how how have you seen that gone for a lot of your kids that have been hurt? Yeah, we yeah, so we uh, we adapted a little bit, I guess. We we changed more up a little bit to, um, and I don't know if it's it's helping physically or mentally or or a little bit of both, but um, we've adapted there to try to settle us a little bit um so like that we can't put our finger on why it happened and hope Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen again for another however many years but um turf shoes location exhaustion i we don't we don't know what the the injury process was like but we have um really dedicated group of of injured folks who are are no longer injured at this point we have i think uh (laughs) Well, Allie's got a whole other issue going on. Which we <laughs> um, hey, I'll be fine when it comes to the <laughs> fall. Um, 
the willingness to put in the time um, and the dedication to get those things done um, and back on the field is is great out of out of the injured folks. Um, and we have to commend Chris and everybody else in the in the training room too to get everybody back where they need to be. So there's a lot of work and energy and effort and and dedication going in on on both sides on the staff side and then on on the student athlete side too to get back. And uh, the last thing I want to talk about with you guys um, is the the technology that you guys have um, that you're looking to use to, to to track, you know, you guys in training any games. And I know uh, Lex is probably disappointed she's not able to, uh, you know, take advantage of this either. But, uh, you know, Ellie and Bree, you guys have uh, new technology. Uh, what is it? Uh, are they uh, GPS trackers? Yeah, player tech uh, by Catapult. Yep, okay. Over the string. Yep. Uh, can you kind of explain how you're able to use them and what they're able to help you guys maybe track? Yeah, we were hoping that this spring we were going to be able to utilize that to get our uh, kind of base measures. So then going into the fall, we already knew where everybody would be at, and uh, oh, right. we could jump right in with all that stuff. So we're going to have to use the first couple weeks to get those uh, bases for everybody. But after that, we'll be able to uh, – this goes back to the injury prevention thing. We can track all that, um, especially in games. If if we're exerting ourselves a lot and someone needs a break, then we can look at those numbers and um, – and be able to say, hey, we gotta we gotta hold back on you a little bit today, or um, even with distance covered, speed, um, we can see the effort from players and the amount of times they're getting into collisions and, and different things like that. There's there's tons and tons of information that we can sit down and look at, and it helps in our individual meetings too to be able to bring up some of that stuff and say whether it's, it's positive stuff or it could potentially be some negative things too, where. Um, some players think they're working harder than what the actual the numbers actually say, or vice versa, where somebody just doesn't see their potential, and we can look at the screen and say, "Well, look at this. You're doing just as much as so and so, or you're you're doing more than what you you thought at this point." So it's going to be, I think, beneficial one for the injury prevention stuff, but two um, to be able to have an RPI or a bunch of number of people um, to be able to sit down and have all of the data right in front of us. Ellie, are you are you excited or or maybe skeptical or what, what are your thoughts on I know I know you're you know what are your thoughts on this technology? I'm definitely excited. I think that it's great, and I think that like as a team we do pretty well with holding each other accountable. But definitely as the season gets um, can get pretty long, you stop holding yourself necessarily accountable. So I think it's good for us to be able to have those numbers so that we can hold ourselves accountable, and it's more of a like a personal growth, like you want to do the best you can, and now you can like really push yourself, and you can you can see it, which not a lot of teams get to do. So we're we're lucky that we can do that. Very cool. And uh, lastly, I just want to ask each of you, you know, the the, the soccer uh, brings you guys together, um, as far as you know, whether it be from Texas or Vermont or Breeze from upstate New York, uh, you know, what about this? this program has has changed uh, you, whether it be your classmates or your teammates, or we'll start with Lex because she's the, the one graduating. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what part of uh, this soccer team has, has, has changed you and for the better? Well, so coming from, like, high school and, like, club teams beyond that, it's always kind of just like uh, you get together, you play soccer, like, that's kind of just what you do, you know. But then when you come here, it's different because – 
you're able to live with your teammates, you're able to be best friends with your teammates, you do everything together. Like, people, we have this joke that, like, we're always seen in a herd or a pack. Like, we're never, <laughs> we're never alone. Or, like, if we're, like, at the dining halls, like, n- none of us are ever alone. We're always with each other. And I think that's very, very special. And that's not something you get in every single program. Um, not every program is going to be a family and love each other, accept each other the way that we do. I can honestly say that I could lean on any single one of my teammates and completely trust in them for anything that I ever need um, on and off the field. Um, if they ever needed something, like if they wanted to get extra touches or something like that, so many people are willing to go do that. If they ever need something, like something's going on at home or just need school help or anything like that, everybody's always willing to volunteer. So that's something that's that's super, super special is that people who actually care about each other can come together and play a sport that we all love, and it just makes it even more and more special. Uh, Allie, you're only halfway through your career at RPI, but, uh, you know, what has what has changed about you after playing with or being with your teammates for a couple of years now? Yeah, I definitely agree with Lex, the whole everyone's everyone's there for each other, and we're just we're a cohesive unit, and we work really well together on and off the field, and we have similar motivation and drives when it comes to doing our schoolwork and academics, and then on the field when it comes to playing. And so, like, you can rely on anyone, um, especially when it comes to schoolwork too. You have a you have all these people who can help you and push you to be the best you can. And I think that's the biggest part for me is that you just you learn how to really be there for other people and how to if you need help, you learn that you can rely on other people as well. And uh... Bree, we'll, we'll finish with you. And you know, just came here in 2016 um, to coach the engineers. Uh, you know, what what has changed about you from working with RPI student athletes over the last few years? I am not anywhere near the same coach or person that I was when I started, and um, that's to I think the student athlete and staff benefit in just being able to interact and work with them and and understand what makes them tick and build relationships. It's, it's been absolutely incredible. And, and I would this, this is my, as, as coaches, we're playing this claw game where we, we have this, uh, this giant bin of people in the United States and we just go around and we, we pick them out and we plop them down into a, our own small little bin in, in Troy. Um, and we get to see how they interact. And that's the coolest part as I think a coach is to be able to meet so many different people from all around the country. We we talked with kids in Canada. We had Vero's from Germany. Um, so even internationally, and we we get to bring all of them together so they can build relationships and and things that last far beyond what what RPI women's soccer has in store for them. So it, it, it's just cool to uh, see those relationships build and form and and last past what what they do with us on the soccer field. For more than 35 years, CDPHP has been keeping you in the game by providing top-notch healthcare coverage, superior customer service, and the tools you need to live your healthiest life. They're also a proud sponsor of your RPI engineers. CDPHP, a plan for life.